The MLB trade deadline is just four days away, and despite all of the Orioles' success here in 2023 as they sit in first place, they could certainly use some upgrades at the deadline. So let's preview the entire deadline, the Orioles' needs, the Orioles' rumors, and make some trade predictions coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, July 28th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are previewing the trade deadline here in 2023 for the Baltimore Orioles. I'm going to go through what the Orioles' needs are heading into the deadline, including maybe getting a starting pitcher. We'll talk about the players that have already been linked to the O's in some rumors leading up to the deadline, some of their options for starters, relievers, and more, and then make my predictions. I'm predicting two trades. I'll tell you what I think they will be coming up at the end of the show. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. We're right here on YouTube. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube page. And thank you to all the everydayers out there who make Locked On Orioles their first listen every day. And just wanted to off the top here let you know this was recorded. A little bit earlier than I generally record. You know, usually there's a game. I record after the game, gets posted the next morning. Well, with the Orioles off on Thursday before taking on the Yankees on Friday, and with me doing a little traveling for vacation this weekend, this was recorded much earlier on Thursday. Now, some of the stats are more updated than we're going to talk about. Some of them are just through play on Tuesday instead of through play on Wednesday or Thursday. And I will kind of let you know. Also, if I mention an available player that gets traded in between the time of recording and you listening, that is why. Also, if the Orioles make a trade themselves between the time of recording and you listening. I'll try to get a quick recap up on Twitter, and I'll talk about it on Monday's episode. That's also if the O's make a trade this weekend. We'll get to it on Monday, but still thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. So, it's a trade deadline preview. Deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, August 1st. That means we are just four days away at this point from the deadline. And really, there's only been a couple of moves so far. Now, of course, the Orioles have been one of the teams that has made a move so far. And I think that's a good thing. I give kudos to Mike Elias and his staff for doing that. Getting a little out in front, right, of the trade market. And about a week ago, acquiring Shintaro Fujinami the right-handed reliever from the Oakland Athletics for Easton Lucas. So far, so good. Seems like Fujinami is making the Orioles bullpen better, at least to this point. But even though the O's have made that move, I think we would all agree we would not like for them to be done at this point. So let's start with, if they're not done, what could the Orioles' needs be at the deadline after acquiring Fujinami? Let's start with a starting pitcher. Now, I understand, and these numbers are through Tuesday's game, I understand that the O's rotation has been better as of late. A 3.51 rotation ERA in July is fourth in baseball. That's very good. And over the season, they've been middle of the pack. 4.49 ERA for the rotation this season. Again, that's not including Wednesday's game. These stats, 16th in baseball. So basically right there in the middle. You could certainly get better 
If you're going to win a World Series, make a deep postseason run, you probably don't want the 16th best rotation. But I understand the flip side of it, which is, even though Wells has struggled a little bit, and Kyle Bradish's start wasn't amazing on Wednesday night, you feel like the Orioles have five options that they're okay with at the moment. And they even somewhat trust Cole Irvin, who's kind of the sixth guy and is sitting in the bullpen. And I understand John Means is going to be back. Now, that's not going to be till early September, and that might be initially in a bullpen role, so he might not be a starter until like the last two weeks of the regular season, but he could be there as well. I get all of that. I still think this team could use a starting pitcher. Unfortunately, I do think that the O's best move, and this is kind of obvious in some ways, would be to get a number one or number two guy. Because they've got a lot of threes and fours, it seems like, on this team. And at best, maybe Bradish is a two. They could benefit so much from a true ace that they could send out there a couple times in a playoff series, send out there in September, and go get a W. I don't think they're going to make that move, right? Now, could they absolutely use Dylan Cease? Yes, they could. I think the best option, rental-wise... It's a guy like Jordan Montgomery, who we'll get to in a little bit. But I think it's starting pitcher. Now, listen, they've got Wells, Kramer, Bradish, Rodriguez, Gibson. It's a good five right now. But all of them but Kyle Gibson, there's a little bit of worry about not maybe innings limits, but just throwing so many more innings than you ever have before in a major league season or even a professional season. I talked about this actually back on Tuesday's episode of this week. Make sure to go check that out. Kind of resetting the Orioles rotation at this point and talking about how a lot of guys are very close to their career high in professional innings. Now, you know, you have Irvin and you have Means and maybe Austin Voth. You know, he had another rehab outing in AAA on Thursday. So maybe, you know, those guys could help you out as depth. But a controllable ace would be nice. Are the O's going to pony up what it takes to get that at this deadline? I don't think so. So it's the give and take of how much does a starter who's maybe a rental and definitely not an ace add to the rotation. It adds, but the question is, how much? Now, the other and probably more glaring need is another relief pitcher. Even after acquiring Fujinami, as we see Cano start to struggle and get tired, we see the inconsistencies a little bit showing up for Danny Coulomb, the continued inconsistencies of Brian Baker, CNL Perez, Mike Bauman. I mean, I talked about it on yesterday's episode. Who can you trust right now in the bullpen besides Felix Bautista? I would argue that I don't have great trust in anybody but Felix in the pen right now. That tells you that even after getting Fujinami, and if Fujinami looks as good as he did on Tuesday night when he went six up, six down, he'll be right there as the eighth inning guy that you trust as well. But you could still use another reliever. The bullpen ERA, yes, is 3.72. That's fifth best in baseball. But how about this? Coming into play on Wednesday, 3.72, bullpen ERA, fifth in the league. If you take out Felix Bautista, it's a 4.15 ERA, more so in the middle of the pack. If you take out Felix Bautista and you take out Yenye Cano, who, although he struggled lately, was locked down for two months, you've got a bullpen outside of your setup man, your closer, with a 4.58 ERA. That does not give you a lot of confidence in the middle innings transitioning between the starters and the back end of the bullpen. Even if Fujinami fills in in the eighth and you get back to where, you know, you had Cano and Bautista, but now it's Fuji and Bautista who you trust at the end of every game. Not every starter is going to go seven innings or even six innings. You got to get there. 
the O's don't have a lot of confidence in some of these guys. In terms of the need, I don't think it matters whether it's a righty or a lefty. I think the O's would like a reliever who can get both righties and lefties out no matter what side they throw from. They have a good stack of lefties at this point that they can pull from, so maybe they'd go more towards a righty. But what they're going to look for is a guy with a fairly high strikeout rate. They don't need an incredible strikeout pitcher. They don't need, I mean, they would love another Felix, but those guys aren't out there. But a better strikeout rate, because here is where the difference with and without Felix really shines. What you need to do in today's game of baseball is miss bats. If you miss bats, there's a lot of relievers who miss bats. If you miss bats, you're going to be really good because if the ball doesn't get put in play, not a lot of damage can happen. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. The Orioles, this season, coming into play Wednesday, their bullpen ranked third in the big leagues in strikeout percentage at 26.3%. That means their bullpen was striking out just over 26% of the batters it's facing. Third in the league, you're thinking... Connor, why do they need more strikeout pitchers? I mean, they're right there at the top, at the top three. Well, take out Felix, who has had this unbelievable year where he's striking out more than 50% of the batters still here in July, more than 50% of the batters he's facing. Take out Felix, the Orioles team strikeout rate for the bullpen goes down to 21.4%. If that were the full team number, if you took out the Felix and that was the full number, 21.4% would be 27th in all of baseball for bullpen strikeout rate. That right there is where the concern comes in for me. When you've got guys coming in in the 6th and 7th innings with runners on and less than 2 outs, you need strikeouts. The O's got a lot of them last year. They're not getting them this year besides Felix, and that's been one of the big issues. Now, they're not terrible at walking guys. They're 11th in walk rate in the bullpen at 9.3%. I wouldn't mind if they get a big strikeout guy. If he walks a few more batters, that's okay. But the strikeouts are the issue. And then really the last thing would be on need. The only potential hitter you could potentially need is maybe another kind of short-term rental center field option. Because even though Aaron Hicks says he'll be back from the hamstring strain right when his 10 days on the IL are up, we just don't know that. And there's really still a lot of questions about Cedric Mullins right now. I mean, he tried to run, I believe, on Wednesday. We're not really sure how that went. Seems to be the plan to get him to start running. He is hitting but not running. There's a question mark on when Mullins would return. You're without those two. You're going Kowser McKenna in center field right now. You could use a little more help on the back end. So that's what I think the O's could use deadline-wise coming up for some trades on Tuesday. But next up... Let's talk about some players that the O's have been mentioned with. Guys they've been rumored to have contact with or interested in. And then just some other guys who would make sense for what the needs are on the team. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. 
eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. So we're back here on the Orioles 2023 trade deadline preview episode. Talked about what the needs are for the O's. Probably a starting pitcher, definitely another reliever with strikeout stuff, and maybe kind of a backup center field type to help the roster for now. But let's look at first the rumors. Trade rumors are swirling at all times at this point. And I will say, the Orioles haven't been super involved in those rumors. Now, it's not the most surprising thing, because Mike Elias, in his tenure with this front offense since they took over in November of 2018, they have kept things really close to the vest. Not a lot of rumors about what this front office is thinking or preparing to do generally get out until the move is actually made or it's right on the finish line and someone like Passan or Ken Rosenthal gets it. So that's why you don't see the Orioles come up in as many rumors as other teams do. But there's still been some links put out there. The first one I thought was interesting. Britt Giroli, who used to cover the Orioles and now kind of covers baseball nationally for The Athletic, wrote a piece the other day kind of about the trade deadline and talked about Dallas Keuchel. Now, if you haven't thought about Dallas Keuchel in a while, I get it. Keuchel has not pitched in the big leagues in 2023. In 2022, he bounced around with the White Sox, with the Diamondbacks, and with the Rangers, and was absolutely brutal. He had a 9.20 ERA in 62 big league innings last year. That's why he's only been in the minors this season. But he's been in AAA with the Twins. He got himself healthy, and he's been dominant. In five starts and 26 innings in AAA with Minnesota, he has a .69 ERA. Now, he has a 4.33 FIP and only a 19% strikeout rate to a 10% walk rate, so things are telling you that the stats are going to get worse and he hasn't even faced big league pitching, but he has another opt-out coming soon. And the Twins have a pretty good rotation, so they're not exactly thinking about right now calling him up to the big leagues, which means Keiko could either be a free agent or the Twins would try to trade him for some small piece to get something for him. Now, Keiko, the lefty who, you know, was a Cy Young winner years ago. Mike Elias knows him from his time in Houston, where he won a World Series and won the Cy Young. He did have a 5 2 ERA in 2021, but he had a 1.99 ERA in the shortened 2020 season. So it hasn't been that long ago that he was good. Now, I wouldn't love this move in terms of we're going to add to the rotation, but if this is a cheap move for the Orioles to just add to the AAA depth and maybe have another option, he's kind of just an over-the-hill version of Cole Irvin, you would think, but maybe something can pop there. I wouldn't mind if it's depth, but Giroli did connect the Orioles to Keuchel, saying they did go and kind of watch some of his showcases, and they did make an offer to him in free agency. Now, the money was not what the Twins gave him, and that's why he signed with Minnesota, but there is that connection there. Moving on to guys in the big leagues, let's go to Jim Bowden, who, yeah, not my favorite writer or former GM, but he gets a lot of rumors and he posts a lot of them on The Athletic. And the most recent ones from Thursday, he put together an article that was six hypothetical trades I'd like to see. So generally something like this isn't rumors he's hearing, it's more so conjecture, but there's a little bit of fact built into it in that he kind of knows what teams are looking for on the trade market. He proposed the Orioles would acquire Edward Cabrera, the young right-handed starting pitcher from the Marlins, for Jordan Westberg. I wouldn't hate a deal like that. I love Westberg, but Cabrera's got a lot of years of control. He's got really good stuff, and he's got a lot of promise that the Orioles could mold into an even better pitcher. And he's already had some success at the big league level the last two years, and he's very, very young as well. I think that could really help both teams. That's an interesting one. Some 
other guys they've been linked to. Mostly, it's been rental starters. Now, yes, they were linked at one point to Shohei Otani. The Angels said they have taken him off the trade market. They're not trading him, so that's a non-starter right there. Marcus Stroman, they've been connected to. Well, Marcus Stroman had a horrendous start on Wednesday night for the Cubs. Marcus Stroman, who is not necessarily a free agent, but does have an opt-out after this season, which most likely makes him a rental. He's got a 3.51 ERA on the year, 58% ground ball rate, but he's got a 7.99 ERA in July after Wednesday's start. I'm good on Marcus Stroman. Jack Flaherty has been mentioned in the same sentence as the Orioles. Rental 27-year-old right-hander from the Cardinals. Was an ace at one point, went through some shoulder injuries, came back this year, has been okay, but not nearly the same pitcher. About 110 innings, got a 4.43 ERA, league average strikeout rate, little above average walk rate. Does have a 3.03 ERA in July, so things are getting better. Wouldn't love the move, wouldn't hate it, though, if they went after Jack Flaherty. Another one who was mentioned with the O's was Lucas Giolito, but he is now off the table as he was sent to the Los Angeles Angels late on Wednesday night for a couple of the Angels' top 10 prospects. One of them, a catcher who was a top 100 prospect. The other was a pitching prospect who was outside the top 100, but was about a 40 future value prospect. I had put on Twitter a deal where the Orioles would get Giolito and Joe Kelly from the White Sox and would give up Joey Ortiz, Cade Povich, and Logan Gillespie. It ended up being that the two players cost less. Now, it wasn't Joe Kelly. It was Ronaldo Lopez, who was the reliever, who also went to the Angels in the deal, who's a little younger and maybe a little better than Joe Kelly. But the reason why you could say, oh, the O's could match that deal easily. Yeah, the O's have the prospects to match any deal. Every deal you see this trade deadline, you could say, factually, the Orioles could have beaten that deal because they can. That's how good and deep the system is. However, in talking to some White Sox people, I had heard that the White Sox were really targeting a top catching prospect who was in the high minors, who was going to be, you know, major league ready within the next year or so. So a guy in double A or above. The Orioles only good catching prospect really that they have right now is Samuel Basayo, and he is in low A Delmarva and he's 18 years old. I would not say for as good as he is, I wouldn't say he's a year away from the big leagues. Instead, they got a 20-year-old catcher who's in double A with the Angels, and is a little bit closer to getting to the big leagues. I think that's why the O's couldn't make that deal. They just didn't have that catching prospect that was close to the bigs that they could give up. Another name potentially is Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, in that same game that Marcus Stroman pitched in on Wednesday night, it was a Cubs-White Sox-Chicago battle, also got lit up. Now, he's an interesting guy. 36-year-old right-hander, 6-4-7 ERA on the season. Hasn't been very good, but... 27% strikeout rate, well above league average. 8% walk rate, just below league average. He's kind of changed his pitch mix over the past couple of weeks. He's thrown more curveballs, which is his best pitch. It's allowed him to get more outs and more strikeouts. He does have a 16 strikeout game earlier this year. He was good. Like last year, he just kind of fell off a cliff, at least ERA-wise. But the stuff is still there. He does have a team option for next year. So you really control, if you acquire him, whether or not he's a rental. And a lot of the good teams, including the Dodgers, are targeting Lance Lynn. And he's been connected to the Orioles briefly by the Athletic as well. Yeah, the ERA wouldn't look good. But he's been around the block. He's 36. He pitches a lot of innings. He's been on playoff teams. I think he could help the O's. But again, it's not the sexiest pick in the world. Then there's the relievers. 
Now the relievers are a little harder here because A, relievers don't really get linked to other teams until like the day before the deadline, just because there's always so many relievers that get moved, so many different ones, sometimes it's the rentals, sometimes this guy was with team control that you never expect to get traded. So there's not really any Orioles reliever rumors right now, but there are a lot of names that would make sense for the O's. There's some rentals like David Robertson from the Mets having a great year as their closer, Kendall Graveman from the White Sox, they've got Brad Hand from the Colorado Rockies, Chasen Shreve, the left-hander, the veteran from the Tigers, Scott Barlow with the Kansas City Royals, their closer. One guy I'm interested in in terms of a more controllable pitcher is Carlos Hernandez, who throws 100 miles per hour out of the Royals bullpen. Uh, Aaron Bummer, who throws really hard and throws a good sinker from the left side out of the White Sox bullpen. He's also controllable. Those are just some names that pop up here that the O's could be potentially interested in, but they haven't really been linked to any specific relievers in the rumors just yet. But there is just a laundry list of other relievers they could go after. And if the O's really do go get a reliever, it's really hard to think who it could be because Fujinami wasn't even really on my radar. I mean, I knew he was a rental, but just with the struggles and coming over from Japan, I wasn't sure he would get traded. And I didn't really know if the O's would target him, but there he was, Shintaro Fujinami. You just never know. It's really hard to predict what relievers the O's could be targeting here. But what would make sense is a package deal in some sort of trade, right? Where you get a starter and a reliever from the same team. And that is one of my two Orioles trade deadline predictions. Coming up next, going to run through the two trades I'm predicting the Orioles will make between now and Tuesday's deadline. So we're just four days away from the trade deadline for the Orioles. It's a fun time, rumors swirling, hoping the O's can add to their roster here coming up pretty soon. However, before they get to the deadline, the O's got some pretty big baseball games to play. Starting tonight, a huge three-game series at home against the New York Yankees. It is late July. With the new, more balanced schedule, this is the last time. The Orioles will play the Yankees this year. They are 5-5 five and five against New York. So this series is kind of important to win because if you win the series, you win the season series. And if for some reason the Orioles and Yankees, you know, end up tied for some sort of wild card spot at the end of the year, the O's would get that spot because they would have the tiebreaker if they can win this series. It's a three-game set, and it starts on Friday night. Tonight, 7.05, Garrett Cole is going for the Yankees, who are 54-48 and 48 and... They've played a little better baseball recently, like split with the Mets after sweeping the Royals, but two pretty bad teams. 54-48, and 48, however, the New York Yankees right now sit eight games behind the Orioles in the AL East. The Yankees in dead last in the East and the O's in first. That is what you absolutely love to see, and hopefully the O's can extend that lead. But Garrett Cole goes to the mound. He's having a Cy Young-type season, trying to win that award for the first time. 32-year-old righty has a 2.78 ERA on the season. Each of his last two starts, he struck out double digits, including 10 strikeouts and two earned runs in six and a third against Kansas City over the weekend. Now, Garrett Cole, in terms of facing the Orioles this year, he has done it once. It was on May 23rd in the Bronx, and the O's got to him. Five innings, five runs on six hits in that game. Just two strikeouts to three walks, and the O's took him deep twice. They are hoping to do that again tonight. And he will go up against Grayson Rodriguez. What a pitching matchup that is. Garrett Cole versus Grayson Rodriguez. Sign me up. 
Grayson's got the ERA down to 6.91. Six Ks, five and two-thirds, two runs his last time out in Tampa Bay for the Orioles' rookie right-hander. But this is kind of a new test. First ever time facing the Yankees. And it gets even tougher because Aaron Judge is reportedly returning from his toe injury and coming off the IL and returning to the Yankees lineup tonight. Of course, it's against the O's. You know what? Doesn't bother me. Doesn't phase me. This Yankees team, not very good. Be careful with Judge, but Grayson versus Judge is something I do want to see. Then you get to the Saturday game. National television, once again for the O's. They're on the National Fox broadcast, 7.15 p.m. Eastern time Saturday night. The young right-hander Clark Schmidt will take the mound for the Yankees. Not having a great year, 4.33 ERA for Schmidt on the season. Last time out against the Royals, just a weird start. Five and two-thirds, three runs, just two strikeouts for him in that one. And the Orioles have seen Schmidt already this year. They've actually seen him twice. First time was at Camden Yards on April 7th. Schmidt didn't look good. Three and a third, four runs, five hits, three Ks, and three walks. And the next time was in the Bronx on May 25th. He was better. Five innings, one run, five hits, four Ks, and two walks. And Schmidt will go up against Tyler Wells, who has had two kind of disastrous starts since the All-Star break. He's trying to get things back on track on Saturday. Wells just only allowed one hit, but walked four, hit two, and allowed three runs in his start in Tampa on Sunday. Hopefully, he can right the ship. Wells has also faced the Yankees twice this year. In Baltimore on April 9th, six innings, four runs, six hits, six Ks, no walks, but two home runs. And then May 24th in New York, five innings, five runs for Tyler Wells in that one, although he did strike out eight batters in that game. And then on Sunday, for the first time since 2018, the Orioles are on Sunday night baseball, and they're taking on the Yankees at 7.10 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Luis Severino, who's been terrible this year, takes the mound for the Yankees, has a 6.46 ERA on the season. His last few starts have been okay, but generally he's been bad, and the Orioles just lit him up when they saw him last on July 6th. Two and two-thirds innings, seven runs, ten hits. Give me that again, O's offense. And the O's will send Dean Kramer out there, coming off a fantastic start in Philly on Monday night. Kramer will face a team he's already seen once this year, way back on the home opener on April 7th. He went five innings, four runs, five hits against the Yankees. And you can listen to every pitch of all three games of this weekend series between the O's and the Yanks on the SXM app through SiriusXM. Just download the app and search Orioles. That was a little series preview, but want to do what I promised here. Give you my trade deadline predictions. Finishing off the Orioles 2023 trade deadline preview episode, I am predicting, going on the record right now, that the Orioles will make two trades between now and Tuesday, August 1st at 4 p.m. The first one is a minor one, and I think they'll make this trade. Now, there's a caveat to this one. This is only if Aaron Hicks misses more than the 10 days on the IL. I have a feeling he might, and I have a feeling the O's might want to upgrade because they might feel like... Cedric Mullins might be out for longer than we think. Let's go get a little bit of an upgrade in the outfield just to help us out for a bit, a low-cost guy. So my first trade proposal looks like this. The Orioles go after an Orioles killer. They get Randall Gritchick from the Colorado Rockies in exchange for Billy Cook, 
an Orioles outfield prospect who's currently in double A, not really ranked on any Orioles prospect list, but Cook has been had a lot of helium this year. Last couple of months, he's been fantastic. Great exit velocity numbers. Great piece on him from John Mioli in the Baltimore Banner this week. Seems like a guy who could go get you a legitimate MLB hitter. And Grichik, although he's in Colorado, right, and you know, you're playing with the altitude and some of your stats get pumped up a little bit, he still is hitting 313, 370, 487 on the year with a 117 WRC+. If you're hitting 317, 313, you got to hit some on the road outside of Coors as well. Six homers, he's got a career-high 7% walk rate and a career-low 20% strikeout rate. That is what I like to see. He has crushed lefties, has a 360 average and a 158 WRC plus against lefties, and he's been awesome in July. A 195 WRC plus in July that was entering play on Wednesday. He could be a cheap guy for the O's to go get without giving up a big prospect and just give some depth and a nice power bat to their offense. And hey, it'd be nice to have Randall Gritchick instead of watching him do all of the damage that he's done to the Orioles over the years. But that's the small trade. And again, if Hicks and Mullins are coming back faster than we think, I don't think they would make an outfield trade like this. Here's the bigger one. Here's where they get the pitching. I think the Orioles make a deal where they package together a rental starter and a rental reliever, and they go to the Detroit Tigers to do it. And I think the O's require or acquire Michael Lorenzen, the right-handed starter from the Tigers, and Jose Cisnero, the right-handed reliever from the Tigers. In exchange, the Orioles send Kyle Stowers and Taryn Vavra to Detroit in the deal. Now, talking to some Tigers people, they want some big league-ready bats who are controllable. That's kind of the perfect thing for the O's to trade away right now in Stowers and Vavra. Because Stowers and Vavra right now, both in AAA, both are on the 40-man roster, so you wouldn't have to make any 40-man moves because you would clear up the two spots for Lorenzen and Cisnero. And listen, I don't feel like Stowers and Vavra, unless there's a lot of injuries, have a pathway to even making it back to the Orioles again in 2023. So you might as well get some value for them as they get passed by a lot of other prospects and bring in some pitching to help the team. Now, on the flip side of this deal, you do get two rentals. I get it. You're giving away Stowers and Vavra, who although they've struggled a bit and are in AAA, do have a lot of team control. Lorenzen and Cistero do not. They are both free agents after the season. However, these are both guys who could help the Orioles right now. Let's start with Cisnero, the reliever. 35-year-old right-hander who in 39 innings this year has a 3.96 ERA. That is entering play on Wednesday. It's a 26% strikeout rate. That's above league average. That's what the O's are looking for, remember. And an 8% walk rate is below league average. Those are great numbers you like to see. Cisnero also can get righties and lefties out, which is huge. Lefties hit just 161 against him despite being a right-handed pitcher. And it's an interesting mix, fastball at 96. He throws a sinker, he throws a cutter, he throws a slider, and he throws a hard changeup and kind of mixes them all. Now, the blowback on Cisnero is, in July, he hasn't been good. He's allowed 10 earned runs in seven and two-thirds innings in July. Although that's a little unfortunate, he was good earlier in the year. He's been good in his past. He was really good last year with the Tigers, been good in the past with Houston. And he probably comes a little bit cheaper now that he struggled a bit right before the deadline. But the big fish in this deal would be Michael Lorenzen. And I'm not saying Lorenzen's been amazing this year, but he was the Detroit Tigers' lone all-star representative. 31-year-old righty is a pending free agent, but in 17 starts this year, he's eaten some innings. 102 thirds innings pitched in 17 starts. 
19% strikeout rate, yeah, that's below league average, but a 6% walk rate is well below league average. This guy pounds the strike zone. And while he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, he gets a lot of ground balls, a lot of soft pop-ups, and he pitches deep into games. That is huge for the Orioles. He is pitching later into games than some of their starters are. Has a 3.49 ERA on the season. And here's the big one. Michael Lorenzen, again, this is entering play on Wednesday, had not allowed an earned run in the month of July. Pitching his best right now. 18 and two-thirds innings in three July starts. No runs, eight hits, 14 strikeouts, and just six walks in July. I will take that every day of the week in the Orioles rotation. He's got a fastball at 94, throws a good hard slider, got a changeup in there, and then mixes in a couple other pitches like a sinker, a sweeper, a cutter, and a curveball from time to time, but he's mostly fastball, slider, and changeup. And the good thing about Lorenzen is if you bring him in, and even if he either doesn't work out as a starter or if you feel like, hey, we're still more confident in our current five starters, Lorenzen has pitched as a reliever a lot in his career. Back with the Reds earlier in his time in the majors, he was a relief pitcher for a long time. Now, he's been a starter for the last couple of seasons, but he is very used to coming out of the bullpen, and his stuff historically has played up out of the pen as well. So if you don't even want to put him as a starter, that's fine. You get a versatile guy here who can pitch as a reliever or as a starter and makes your bullpen that much more versatile. And if you do put him in the pen, you get some multi-inning appearances as well. So at worst, you get two solid relievers who both make your bullpen better. So those are my predictions. Look at him again. You got the Randall Gritchick trade right here. And then you got the Michael Lorenzen and Jose Cisnero trade as well. I think both those trades make the Orioles better. They don't have to break the farm system. Yes, they don't get the big name, but they get better on the deadline. And those are my official predictions. And you can hold me to them. But that'll do it for today's episode, and that'll do it for this week here on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if the O's make a deal this weekend, check out at Locked on Orioles on Twitter. I'll be reacting on there with probably some videos, but you'll get the full reaction on Monday's episode, along with a recap of the weekend series coming up against the Yankees. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day.